Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Whether you're Faith Hill, George Washington Carver, Steve Jobs, Wendy's founder Dave Thomas, Olympian Dan O'Brien, or just the kid next door, adoption changes the world. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today, and our guest is the founder of Radiance Foundation, Ryan Bomberger. Welcome, fellow warrior for life. It is so good to be here with you. (laughs) I'm so grateful. You know, that statement that I just shared can be found on one of your many websites, Ryan, uh, and you and your wife, Bethany, have created so much information to help people around the world value adoption. So, Ryan, I'm giving you the reins. I want you to talk about adoption and why it's so important to you and to me and to our listener. Absolutely. I wouldn't be here without it. It's my story. It's the DNA of why I'm so passionately pro-life. My parents knew that they wanted to adopt before they even had children, before they had three biological children. I have to say, and go back a little further because it was my mom who actually had the heart for adoption, and that heart was instilled in her at the age of five. So my mom had an alcoholic father, and her parents were splitting, and so she was placed in a children's home for one year. And it was during that time that she noticed there was another little girl who had physical disabilities. No one ever came to see her. And we always underestimate how you know little kids receive and perceive the world, and yet a five-year-old's heart was broken because no one was coming to love that little girl. At least her parents visited her separately, but no one came to see that little girl. And she remembers getting down on her knees and just praying to God, God, help me be a mommy to those who don't have one. That's amazing. That was at the age of five. And so that heart for adoption, that started then. And my dad shared that heart for adoption because honestly, if you're going to adopt 10 children, you should probably be on the same wavelength. So... (laughs) You know, enter little old me. I was the first one adopted, and I was united with my family when I was six weeks old and adopted a year later. I was just a baby, and my circumstances are the ones that pro-lifers sometimes have a hard time embracing. So my birth mom experienced the horror and the violence of rape, but courageously chose life, and not just life. She gave me the incredible gift of adoption. And so that's the beginning of my life. That's why I'm so passionate about adoption. And I'm also an adoptive father. I have four kiddos. Two of my kiddos are adopted. So it's a full circle sort of experience. But I have seen in my own life as a child and now into, you know, as an adult, I see how adoption unleashes purpose. And you are willing to speak to groups about this, and you've written a great book. I, I understand not white enough, not black enough. I want to hear more about that, too. Well, that's the book in the making. But oh. The book that I, yes, that's the one in the making. But the one that I have written is called Not Equal, Civil Rights Gone Wrong. And it has a little bit of my background. It doesn't have that full story. But as someone who is a writer, I'm a columnist for, for Town Hall, Christian Post, and several other news outlets. I love writing, and I have to credit my mom for that. My mom's an avid reader and would have us read, and she's just she's amazing at wordsmithing. She's the reason why I love words. I love the challenge of how do you put words together that will trigger something in somebody's heart, that will resonate in their hearts. And so 
And if I can just say this too, another book that we've written, my wife has written, it's called Pro-Life Kids. Uh Because when you talk about how do you create a pro-life worldview or instill that, well, you do it while they're children. Teach them before a broken world reaches them. And so we have our Pro-Life Kids book too. That's ProLifeKids.com. But we're just passionate about creating stuff, whether in word form or as a design form. I'm a creative professional. I used to work in the ad agency world. We love creating stuff that illuminates every life as purpose, whether you're planned, unplanned, abled, disabled, red, yellow, black, brown, or white. You know, we all have God-given purpose. <laughs> and that's such an important message right now in our world, to realize that abortion is probably going to swing more towards the favorite choice. We need to figure this out. How can we show that adoption allows a mom to go on and, and have her life but it also allows the child to be born and adopted and in a family that wants desperately to have them. We are passionate about celebrating birth moms. In fact, one of our ministries is called Sally's Lambs, an outreach to birth moms who choose adoption over abortion. And it comes from actually my wife's best friend, who was one of our original board members. Her, her mom was a pregnant teenager. And back then, it was you know, so much shame attached to it, and they literally sent her off to a farm. It's that kind of thing where only the women get the shame. Of course, we're anti-shame, period. That's how God operates. So my wife's best friend, her name is Joy. Her mom's name is Sally. And Sally ended up placing her child for adoption, ended up reuniting with that child after she had been married, had three more children. And it's such a beautiful story of redemption. Sally and her husband would dedicate their lives to bringing in single moms into their homes Hmm. and caring for them during their pregnancy, after their pregnancy, as well as her dedication to her local pregnancy center. And so we started this ministry just in name of Sally D'Angelo, and it's called Sally's Lambs, because we know when we talk about abortion so often, people forget about the mother, and especially the birth mother, because she's the one who doesn't leave the hospital with the baby. Right. And so one of our board members, a dear friend, Kristen DePola, she's a birth mom, and she has such a powerful story. And so we try to engage in efforts that really celebrate the birth mom. And birth parents, I don't want to forget about the birth dad. Oftentimes (laughs) the dads are not in the picture, because it's predominantly the women who make these choices or who are left to make the choices. But we have to understand that there's a triad. There's the birth parents, there is the adoptee, and then the adoptive family. And we don't want to forget any of those elements in that triad. That's very, very strong. I really appreciate that comment. Ryan, your story is of value to us. You yourself, what did it feel like as the family continued to grow and grow and grow? And was there peace all the time? And what was that like? Absolutely not. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to admit that I was the causal factor in a lot of the um, (laughs) elements of chaos in the family. I'm a slightly strong-willed child, and God has blessed me now with four children (laughs) who are very strong-willed. Thank you, Mom. She did wish that upon me at one point, and she retracted it, but it was too late. (laughs) It was was crazy, and yet it was still calm in our house. People think, oh, you got a family of 15. It had to be insane. It actually wasn't, because thankfully, not everyone is as loud as I am in my family. So there was order but not like Von Trapp order, someone's blowing a whistle, nothing like that. But it was just so normal for us. And so when someone else was added, like the new flavor added every year, seriously, there was somebody new added to the family every year for a while. Wow. 
And it was exciting for us. It was always, in fact, I remember when my sister Kinder was adopted from Vietnam, and she was on one of the last airlifts from Saigon. There were two planes that left with children from Madame Nye's orphanage, and one plane crashed and everyone perished. Oh. That was horrific. My sister obviously was on the other plane. But I remember my parents, in my mind, my young mind, I thought they were going out for McDonald's. And we lived in the country. I grew up on a farm. And so it was magical because we hardly ever went out to eat. I thought, they're going to come back with golden french fries. And they came back with some girl who didn't speak English. It was upsetting <laughs> initially. And it was strange because I'm like, how, how? she doesn't understand what we're saying. And right. we can't understand what she's saying. It was, it was a different kind of experience. But that's the blessing of growing up in such a big family, people from so many different backgrounds. And to witness the love of my parents, to witness... Their love for God, which when you love God, the natural outflow is love of people. But to see them pouring into each of our lives and transforming us and transforming brokenness. I mean, that's why adoption happens. It happens because, in, in the natural and the supernatural, it happens because of brokenness. And it brings wholeness and healing and it restores. And like everything in life, it's a process. It's not all of a sudden there's some magical zing and everything is completely gone on this side of heaven. But to have grown up watching my parents pour their lives into us and never give up on trying to reach into that brokenness, their faith for me was real. And that's why I am who I am today, because I saw people whose faith was genuine. They loved Jesus, and I knew it. They were the same people in private as they were in public. And so it wasn't just adoption. It was their strong faith, their um yeah, their love, their love of God and obedience. <laughs> yeah. RadianceFoundation.org. That's where you can get a lot of good information on what Ryan Baumberger is doing and his family, how they're all playing that out. And then I'm sure that that will lead you to some of the other websites that they have. I do want to read a scripture that I read on your website. Speak up for people who cannot speak for themselves protect the rights of all who are helpless, speak for them and be a righteous judge, protect the rights of the poor and needy. And that's out of Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. And that really does wrap up the issue of adoption versus abortion. We'll be right back with Ryan Baumberger as our guest at Choose Life Radio. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So visit today. ChooseLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, and our guest today is Ryan Baumberger. 
He wrote a very special song for his birth mom, and I want you to have a chance to hear it. Listen up. I know it wasn't easy. I know it changed your life. I imagine no words could console the woman he had defiled. But somehow you found the courage and the grace to carry on when everyone around you told you this child should not be born. Oh, I know I was meant to be this life was meant for me though you went through so so much pain oh your tears they were not in vain although you could not see what God had planned for That's Ryan Baumberger, his song, Meant to Be, written for the love of his birth mother and the gift she gave him. Ryan, can you tell me about the passion of that song and what what was behind it when you wrote it? Absolutely. You know, I didn't want to try to search for her until I, in my mind, had achieved a certain level, I guess, of not so much success, but I had done a certain number of things, certain milestone. And so when I got my master's degree... I thought, you know what, I want to reach out and finally find this birth mom. My parents encouraged me to do that, too, and they gave me all the information from the adoption service as well, which didn't have a lot of information, but I had something to go on. There was a time I was driving back from D.C., and I just felt like, how, what would I say to her? What conversation would I have with her? And so in this car drive, I used to actually write my songs while driving. I would just record them, and by the end of my hours-long drive, I would have another song. Well, the same thing with Meant to Be. By the time I drove from D.C. to Virginia Beach, I had written the words to Meant to Be, connected with a buddy of mine who put it to music, and I had submitted a letter to the judge at the Orphan's Court in, in Pennsylvania, and had asked if not that I had to see her, but if they could give her a copy of that song, I had sent CDs along with that letter. So they unsealed my adoption records and they searched for her, but there was no connection. And I know a lot of people have in their minds, sometimes the, the talk show sort of mentality that these adoptees, they're incomplete, that they're devastated individuals walking around because they don't truly know who they are unless they have a connection or a relationship with their birth parent. And that's not really the case. There are some holes. And for me, I... I just want to know what she looks like. I don't have to have a relationship with her, but I want to know what she looks like. And more importantly, I want to thank her. So I tried to do that through the song Meant to Be. 
I've created another video. It's actually called Life is Purpose and just lists all the things I've been able to become in my life by the grace of God and all that because of her singular decision. In fact, if you go to radiance.life, that's our main website, and you can see that video on the front page. But <sighs> I've never seen her. I've never met her. The search came up negative, And the only part is just that I want her to know how grateful I am. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that would be the plea of every adopted child. I'm so grateful I have life. You yeah. know, even if it's not the easiest life, our lives are promised in that way by God. But sometimes where there are difficult stories of people who have been adopted and actually used in sense of working on the farms and such. And that was not your case. You were loved and you had other brothers and sisters who joined you. And I'm sure you worked. There's not a question in my mind. You worked the farm, but you were We loved. definitely worked the farm. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) But that's not why we were adopted. That was so we could eat. (laughs) And that probably kept you from, uh, well, it made you hungrier at lunchtime, and it made you probably more tired at night. So that was a smart move on your parents' side. (laughs) They didn't have much of a choice. I mean, how do you feed 13 children? I mean, you got to grow your food. Yeah. And they rewarded us with hours and hours at the community pool. So it was not slave labor in any way, shape, (laughs) or form, although it felt like it sometimes because of the hot summer heat. But it instilled in us a great work ethic, to which I wish my kids could understand the same thing, my suburban kids today. Yes. (laughs) We aren't really helping them when we protect them in that way and say, you don't really need to get a job. We'll take care of this financially. And it's part of the fun of achieving something is the work that you do for it. So in transferring that to the Radiance Foundation, it's been 12 years that you've had that up and running. Is that correct? And tell me about your wife, Bethany, and how what part she plays in all of this. Bethany is everything to me. Oh, my gosh. I love her like crazy. She is my best friend. She's the love of my life. We got married in 2006. We met at Regent University. In fact, little story of how we met. We met at a planning meeting for a fundraiser for our local pregnancy center. Yeah. Great. It was love at first sight. I mean, it was ridiculous because I never felt that way about anybody else. And she the same. I was a lead singer in a band and she was part of the marketing committee. And we just immediately connected. And the longer story, maybe she could share it sometime <laughs> in another show, but there was a long story to actually, we fell in love at first sight, but I decided I was going to take the long route to things because, to be honest, I was a hot mess at the time, and God needed to deliver me from things, and that happened. And we got married in 2006, and then the Radiance Foundation was birthed out of our passion to educate people and to creatively illuminate that every life is purpose. My wife was a teacher for 13 years. She's the most resourceful, incredible woman. I love her like crazy. And Mm. so partnered together in the Radiance Foundation is such a natural thing and a supernatural thing. God placed that on our hearts, and we feel blessed that we are able to use this and speak around the world on culture-shifting issues and to do it in a way that's—we like to think it's different. We like to think that we try to create things that resonate differently— because it's hard to get through the clutter. It's hard to cut through it all. I've been so impressed with that, Ryan. You have so many different ways of attracting people. And we're grateful that you came through all that you've experienced in your life. You've just absolutely used it to grow stronger and more 
open with people about what their options are. And I think that the adoption option is being heard in a totally different way today. So I want to just say that again. It's radiance.life. It's a powerful site. You'll find all sorts of information that you will value about both Bethany and Ryan's work in this field. You have some stories that you can share with us right here at the end, maybe stories of people that chose life because they found your foundation or because you spoke at an event. There are so many. Oh, my goodness. I mean, one of the first ones when we launched our Too Many Aborted.com campaign, it was a campaign that illuminated abortion's hugely disproportionate impact on the black community. And in the middle of this campaign, we were being beat down by New York Times and MSNBC and all kinds of... (laughs) news uh, articles and and interviews, we were just worn out. But in the middle of the night, we get an email from someone in Atlanta, which is where we started. And she said that she already had children. She was determined to have an abortion, but saw a news piece on our campaign and decided that she would not abort the child that she was currently pregnant with. And that, to me, was such a God moment to give us just a little bit of that feedback to say, you know what, your work is not in vain. First of all, Scripture says they're going to hate you for my name's sake, so we have to get used to that fact. There are going to be a lot of people who will hate you, but your work for the kingdom is never in vain. And that, to me, is one of the stories that stand out. There's so many powerful stories of how God has been able to use Bethany and me in ways that we never expected. And I know lots of people out there feel the same way. And this is the beautiful fruit of being willing and obedient. And it's never easy. It is, sometimes it's just terrifying. But in the end, you know, God uses us in ways that not only save lives, but transform lives. Ryan, being a brown person, you realize that the abortion industry has it out for you and other babies being born like you. What can we do to really champion the fact that we have way too much emphasis on ending the lives of black babies? Well, you have to understand the abortion industry was birthed in eugenic racism and elitism. It has been disproportionately targeted since Planned Parenthood began in the early 1900s. It's no secret I mean, they had a project called the Negro Project, which was something to disproportionately target the black community and to say that birth control was going to be their savior. Well, it never was. It failed miserably. And today they still target the black community with tweets like, um, it's statistically safer for black women to abort their pregnancy than to continue it to full term. I mean, this is why we have abortion rates that are up to five times higher in the black community than the majority population. It's why in New York City, the home of Planned Parenthood, For years, there have been more black babies aborted than born alive. There is a targeting that happens. I mean, we hear the word systemic racism. (laughs) Planned Parenthood is the embodiment of systemic racism. Wow. That's that's incredibly important to hear. That really makes my heart go crazy. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? How can you go out to the community of the black people and say, you're being used, folks. There's a plan out there to end as many of us as possible. 
It's true, and that's why we partner with great civil rights leaders like Dr. Alveda King. She's a great friend of ours. Right. She's the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. It's why we partner with, with churches to be able to, to communicate this message. It's why we launch campaigns. In fact, if you go to blackandprolife.com, you will see all the articles and memes and videos that are related to this issue. Our heart is really to illuminate. Look, we believe that black lives matter. They, they matter in and out of the womb. Mm-hmm. The problem is... We can't go too deeply into this, but when you talk about the movement itself, the movement itself is radically pro-abortion. They actually partner with Planned Parenthood. Talk about irony. You're partnering with the leading killer of black lives. So we expose that movement, but we believe in the truth that black lives matter. Why is that? Because every life is created in the image of God with inherent dignity and equal value. And so we, we have billboard campaigns, we have events in various communities to try to illuminate the history and the unaltered DNA of Planned Parenthood today. Well, again and again, you keep educating us, and I am so grateful for this opportunity to talk to you. Yes, it would be fun to have Bethany come on and share her story. And I appreciate your mentioning and talking about the pregnancy centers around. If you are listening today, please go find a center close to you and either pray for them, donate for them, or volunteer and make a difference in this world of fighting for the lives of the unborn. You know, we're here because of the generosity of people like you, and I'm so grateful for the gifts that you give to us, and I also will put up the websites for Ryan and Bethany's organization, and and you will be able to encourage them with your gift as well. Ryan, so great to have you with us today. Goodbye and blessings. Oh, thank you. Appreciate talking to you. Look forward to another time. You and folks like you make it possible for us to be on the air We're so grateful for the donations that you give. You can go to chooseliferadio.com and support us financially or with your prayers or with your stories. That's chooseliferadio.com. You can also send mail to our post office box 36622 Canton, Ohio 44735. That's box 36622 Canton, Ohio 44735. I'm Jill Taylor. See you next week at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.